Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Good day, everyone. Hello, hello. Oh, I feel like I'm just a little puddle of mess on the floor. Oh it is God. so hot. I literally can't go. Tell everyone what is going on over there in Jersey. We're just having a total massive heat wave and apparently it's going to get even hotter by the weekend. So we are on Tuesday as we record this today. We're slightly later than, than normal. Anna's been on holiday again. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, and yeah, and it's going to get hotter by the weekend. So by oh Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday... It's just going to be scorchio. They reckon they're going to reach um, potentially 40 degrees <gasps> in the UK. No I way. don't know if we're going to get the same hot or what, but no I'm not way. kidding you. It is now, what time is it? 5.30 and it's 32 degrees. <gasps> oh my God. And do you have an air conditioner? Like, do you guys even have air conditioners? No, we live in like normal houses. <laughs> <gasps> you guys, like no window AC, nothing like that. These are... Sarah's look on her face. Doors and windows that open up, that's it. Oh my God. You can actually buy these little local um, air conditioning units now in the um, hardware store that I saw. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how much it was and I'm pretty sure it's not worth buying it for like the odd two weeks out of every five years where we experience this. Wow. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But no, we're not geared up for this kind of weather at all. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's crazy. (gasps) Yeah. This isn't how we roll normally. Oh my gosh. No, mid twenties. If that, that right. that's hot. That's a good day. Oh my gosh! Okay, all right. So there's a puddle going on. Do you have oh. trouble thinking? Yes, I can't. I can't concentrate. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I've drunk so much water, so I guess that's a good thing. Um, and of course, you can't sleep with the windows open because the seagulls are waking me up at five o'clock. I got attacked by a seagull yesterday. In your house? In the garden? How rude! I went. Oh. I went to go outside, have my dinner in the outside lovely openness make the most of the summer and the seagull came literally sweeping behind me big massive wingspan this is a fat seagull and um luckily didn't steal my dinner though oh. I to protect it I was delighted by that <laughs> you almost got your eyes pecked up you're like but the dinner was safe exactly was I only year. had about 10 minutes no time to make anything else. Oh my gosh. You know what's funny? They can't function without food. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, Sarah gets really hangry. Like, Sarah, if you don't yeah. eat on time, it's bad news. So you're like, Seagull, uh, you're not getting the better of me. You ain't getting my dinner. <laughs> oh my God, it's so funny. <laughs> I remember you were the one who told me about like the killer seagulls like attacking people for food. I didn't know how aggressive yeah. they were. Yeah. Wow. That's the first time I've ever really had that in the garden. Wow. Um, they have kind of like hovered around but you can kind of chase them off he won't even have any any of it wouldn't even get be chased away i had to come inside oh and eat god. disgusting really can't even eat in my own garden what <laughs> the seagulls my gosh that's crazy oh my gosh okay so oh. you're going crazy anyway talking yeah. about weird weather events so i was um so it was a few of us paddlers like stand-up paddleboarders Ooh. who collected outside of this almost like floating stage in Toronto. There's basically like this little island. Oh, you said you were going to do that. Correct. Yes, for the big music thing. Yes. And who was playing or singing was Sarah McLaughlin. Woo, woo. Yeah. Wicked. So people 
my age slash our age are sort of, <laughs> <laughs> we know, if you know, you know. Um, so I was just so thrilled. Joined six people. We were on our paddle boards, just like creating a ruckus oh, in the water. Cool is that? It, yeah, because it's right beside the stage ground, so you can hear everything. And yeah. you don't have to pay, which is exciting. Not that I didn't want to support Sarah McLaughlin with my money. It's just that it just felt like a very romantic thing. Like she is my idol child. Yeah. That she is my singing idol. And just to be on the water, which is something that I love to mm. be on and listening yeah. to her at the same time. So wonderful. But the thing is, there was a storm and on Lake Ontario, where Toronto was sort of on the edge of, um, there's this storm effect. So there's the crazy ass weather that happened. So there was this massive windstorm, rainstorm, like thunderstorm that came in about three songs in on the concert. And it was like a downpour. And also if you're on a paddleboard, you're being swept over. Yeah. So the five people that I was with, five or six other people, they just left because uh, it was, but I was like, if I know this, le- <laughs> that just left you by yourself. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, we were honestly, like, we were being pushed by the wind. So I was able to hold right. on to this, like, to this, like, concrete girder underneath the overhang of this, like, un- basically under a dock. I was like grabbing right. onto this, like, you know, girder to prevent my board from being swept away. They, I don't think they were able to, like, manage the winds so they just they just sort of went with the current they were all fine um so as a solitary person i was left behind and i was like these lake storms they last for 10 minutes and they go and lo and behold the whole thing it was it was like a down it was a storm downpour and then it just cleared mm. and it was it was clear skies after that and it was an evening wow. concert so late into the night until about 10 15 at night i was there listening to sarah mclaughlin and the encore songs oh my god it was like the spiritual moment by myself Anyways, I can't keep Sounds going because I'll go on. Yeah. I've only got one question for you, though. Yeah. Where were the police when you needed them in that emergency? <gasps> oh, my How many times have you been gosh, rescued unnecessarily? So right. And the time that you need it, oh where were they? Exactly. That is so funny. And Sarah's referring to the time where on one at one time there was an NYPD like police cruiser. There was a boat and there was a helicopter all helicopter. coming after me. Because I was a woman doing dangerous things. Alone. But then it happened the following week as well. It did happen the following Two week. Two weeks in a row. It Go was back without the helicopter. The episodes if you've not caught it. Go exactly. Back, it. There was a bunch of like anyway. fire fire engines and stuff. There was. And again, yeah. all I'm doing is being a woman paddle boring by myself, right? Mm. Um, but yes, you're right. Well, in this case, you needed rescue in this time. <laughs> well, it's funny, and I actually I'm so glad I wasn't rescued because to be honest, I was like I wanted to stay put. But you're right. The Toronto police were like, meh. <laughs> You weren't shifting for anybody, were you? Oh, my God. Hell no. Hell no. <laughs> there ain't nothing getting between me, me and Sarah. Me and Sarah. You've got it. <laughs> well, she's got a cracking name, if nothing else. Uh, doesn't she have the best name ever? Yeah. <laughs> if you do say so yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Very modest. Of course. So, okay. So, is your, has your brain... Can we even go to the relationship desk of love? Or is your brain oh, a I've puddle? got a little snippet of, um, of relationship news. Oh, Don't worry. I have it. not you've let you down. It. I have not. But it is a short story this week so oh. <laughs> um so i read the headline and and i've got to say when i first read it kind of didn't understand it and then i had oh. to read further oh but now as soon as i say it you'll go yeah i know what i mean mm-hmm. so dry dating is on the rise and we spoke to two women who are embracing it um i don't know <laughs> <laughs> this says a lot of this two, says a lot about us right i have two <laughs> thoughts it's either with alco- without alcohol or without sex like one of the two without alcohol but i first oh. read it i thought why is this dry dating thing is this another new phenomenon that i've never heard of clearly i haven't heard of it clearly i've never been on a date without a drink so <laughs> it says a lot about me <laughs> oh man that's awesome okay so tell me more 
So yeah, so it says um, one in three people in the UK are now more likely to go on a dry date than they were pre-pandemic. And um, so two women talked about their perspective in this article. And uh, so what it goes on to say is that actually a lot more people believe that they can have a much stronger, deeper connection with somebody if they go on a date without alcohol. So they can see things in a slightly different way, in a different perspective, and they can connect in a much better way with their potential future partner. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like there are some big shifts in actually how we're dating and how we're approaching dating. So it goes on to say that 64% of people would um, really consider when, how and why they're dating. So they're going into it much more consciously than ever before. Oh my gosh. Okay. All right. So this is not like anything that I see on the dates that I see, like, and it's all playing out on patios, right? It's the summertime. So you can see everybody dating yeah. and everyone's just like firing off a bunch of alcohol and getting mm. to know each other at the same yeah. time. Ooh, okay. So who are these people answering this survey then? <laughs> I was going to say, oh my gosh. It's, I have to say, it's not what I see as well. I think like, you know, I was reading something today about um, how to avoid um, getting into trouble in a heat wave. And it was, you know, stay indoors, keep the, you know, keep everything cool, keep blinds shut, drink lots of water, avoid alcohol. And I'm thinking, I'm not seeing any of that. I'm seeing people outside, (laughs) sitting in the sun, prolonged period of time, having a glass of vino at lunchtime because it's summer. (laughs) <laughs> yes oh my gosh that's so, so I don't true. think we're very good at um adhering to public health advice it's so true but here's where there might be some food for thought in terms of some dry dating mm, yeah mm. I do think actually do you know what well you've just you've just reminded me I have been on dry dates because I would only ever go for a coffee date to start with oh. so actually I've even done this what oh. am I on about Gosh. I just the terminology caught me off guard <laughs> oh my gosh okay so that's so yeah rather than yeah so rather than going kind of full-blown uh first date all singing all dancing I would say well let's just meet for a coffee and then you know if you decided you liked them you could stay a bit longer or suggest oh. you know a, another follow-up date quite quickly but if you didn't like them you've also then got the choice to say actually it wasn't for me and <laughs> you've not wasted too much time oh. Oh, that's a two in one. So, because there are some people who choose the mid-afternoon. Yes. So that if they don't like them, it's, you know, whatever. They can move on to the second date or move on to another evening plan. If they yeah. do, it can turn into the evening Oh, two birds with yeah. one stone. Hello. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, got to be thinking. You've got it. <laughs> oh, that's a great tip. So, yeah. Okay. What about you then? Would you go on dry dates? Um, that's a great question. Um, yes. So, again, I, I think I've it's no secret on this podcast that I'm not like a huge, I don't have a lot of experience in dating anyways. Mm. Um, it's something that I think for folks who are in a partnership, we kind of wish we could have a little bit of a do over. <laughs> <Be like, laughs> wouldn't it be nice to take a little bit of a, see a, a sabbatical. Yes. Wouldn't it be nice to have a sabbatical Just for a year? A little time out. A little time out to do some dating. Well, that's like that program I watched. Um, Mario Ultimatum or something like that. And they get to go and date other people, but also in front of their potential future husband or, or wife, which I just thought was a bit bizarre. But anyway, they got the chance to have a little do over. Yeah. Not sure it always ended well. <laughs> yeah. Well, it couldn't end well, otherwise, it wouldn't make for good TV. So there you well, go. Well, yeah, there is that. <laughs> so if I could have a do over, yeah. I mean, I'm not a terribly huge drinker in that sort of context anyways like there's a lot of fun that I can have completely sober so I think for me 
that's not like a huge thing? That's a really good, that's a good question. I think for me, I'm not generally like hammered dating anyways. If I can yeah. imagine myself back in a dating sense, I, I'm not a hammered dater. Um, curious though. You know, I, I, I feel like whenever I've met people, I feel like I've been very like stone cold sober, sort of like deep questions, get really getting to know them. Mm. Um, but again, I'm a little bit short of experience. <laughs> Well, it's been a while. It's been a while. Been it's, with your man for a while. It's, so you got it. It's easy to forget. You You've know, got it. You could be having a blast. You've just forgotten all about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally. <laughs> and I'm thinking too, like, well, I, maybe that's also like dry dating your person, right? You know, we always talk about rejuvenating yeah. your relationship by going on more dates because oftentimes we just yeah. let life get in the way. Mm. Um, and sometimes a lot of us kind of use a bit more alcohol than we should and we kind of indulge uh in alcohol even even with our partner um and when we're yeah. relaxing it's part of unwinding so maybe there's also a a call out to sort of spend more time sober with each other yeah <laughs> it sounds crazy but I, I imagine there's a lot of people who you know we date we unwind and we get drunk together and yeah maybe it's a nice thing to uh, try doing try not doing that and see what conversation comes up yeah exactly give it a whirl give it a whirl check it out let us know how it goes yeah you've got it yeah so would you uh would you like to skip to our hot topic yeah let's get hot <laughs> in this lovely heat uh, as if it okay. couldn't get any hotter <laughs> <laughs> okay let's get some ice cubes okay. out today's hot topic are you a ride or die friend. Oh my gosh, I love this. <laughs> yeah. Because we're always expecting other people to be ride and die for us. Yeah. But when we turn the tables on that question, it gets really uh, uncomfortable real quick. Mm. Does it get hot, hot, hot? <laughs> That's the hot question. That's a hot topic. Yep. Oh, Absolutely. well, interesting. I was having a little read and it said that the term ride or die actually is taken from the biker community. Yes. Where they said they would rather, if they couldn't ride the bike, they would rather die. Oh. I think that's a little bit extreme, but you know, that's obviously how they were feeling. They're very right. passionate about going out on their motorbikes. Yeah. So that's where the term comes from. Oh, that's actually really helpful. I kind of thought so, but it wasn't that particular slant that I was thinking. So that's that's actually mm. a nice piece of history. Yeah. So ride or die. Yeah. What, yeah. What is a ride or die friend? So, well, I would say it is about that kind of um, commitment. It's about loyalty. It's about doing what you say you're going to do. Um, it's about always being there for somebody. Um, you know, if somebody needs something in an emergency, then like, that to me is kind of like, you know, that's your ride or die time where you need to step up. So I think it's kind of all of those things um, or even kind of the spontaneous one, mm. you know, the one that always says, yeah, I'll do that. Like, so if you want to do something, yeah, you'll always ask somebody, you know, is going to say yes, right? Yeah. Oh, that's so true. So ride or die for fun. How about ride or die for trustworthiness? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like doing what you say you're going to do. So yeah. that trust element of if I say I'm going to be somewhere if I say I'm going to do something I'm not cancelling on the last minute I'm not so like removing all that flakiness that you can get sometimes so if I'm in I'm in and you know I'm going to be there unless I'm like my head's falling off ah and that's you're you're a ride or die friend in that way 
I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. That's really important to you. Um, the other thing that can come apart, you know, uh, so this is, this was kind of coming up in one of the, in the latest, uh, episode of loot, which is a fabulous Apple TV series with Maya Rudolph starring. It's fabulous. Um, and there's this ride or die concept that came around. So she's a really wealthy woman. Her husband cheated on her and divorced her. Um, and so she met up with her old spa friends and realized that these old spa friends are now starting to hang out with her ex-husband's mistress now partner. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not ride or die behavior, right? So there's this so that thing loyalty of, to yeah, the friendship. Loyalty. Yeah, loyalty. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And that can, that can be tricky. So loyalty can, can be tricky because you don't want to be as a friend sort of blindly going wherever your friend goes and because mm. sometimes like being a ride or die friend can also be pointing out the things that nobody else would have the guts to point out oh yeah definitely do that <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's awesome i'm like yeah i do that <laughs> right on oh that's actually really cool that's a really cool thing to do for your friend yeah point out the things that nobody else would but mm. yeah, the loyalty part is too, because there's a lot of things that happen, right? We get divorced, we have fallouts with friends, and then we really have to decide like, whose side are we on? Mm. And it sounds crazy to pick sides, but like sometimes we do have to, you know, there's a relationship that ends and then, you know, who do you remain friends with? And um, Yeah, like, and, and I think no relationship has to be forever. Ah. So there's, you know, there's nothing that says that we... I mean, how nobody really meets somebody at birth and then is with them forever. Like even even our parents sadly yeah. pass, grandparents, yeah. you know, relatives, friends will will come and go. They're not always going to be there forever. Um, but you'll hope that the ones that are the most important to you and you're the most important to them, you would hope you get as much time as possible together. Uh, but it's not to say that yeah. anything is forever. Well, that's a really nice way of putting it is that we get as much quality and, and as much quality as possible. Yeah. 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 Okay. So are you a ride or die friend? Well, I think I am. But then I read about how um, a different perspective on ride or die, oh. which is it can lead to unhealthy relationships. Ah, yes. Where people take advantage of others, where they um, manipulate them where they try and coerce them into certain behavior through kind of guilt tripping them. So I kind of thought, well, that's a whole different perspective because I see all the kind of positive qualities of being a ride or die friend is that I'm dependable. Somebody can rely on me. I will call it out if you're doing something that isn't quite right. You know, and, and somebody who is spontaneous, dead, all the rest of it. Um, but when it starts, I think, to tip over into... Um, going against your own moral compass or you're being asked to I don't know like um, you know take points for somebody on a driving license I don't know if that's a thing over there mm. is it a thing we've mm. been no so if you've been caught speeding too many times you get like points on your license and if you get to a certain point level this is in the UK anyway um, you lose your they, license um, you lose your license mm. so you get like this happens between like husbands and wives a lot of the time they'll say oh, I was driving the car and they'll take a four now I don't agree with any of that but that's just my own moral compass <laughs> so I think when it tips into some dangerous ground where there's some kind of pressure to do things that you don't want to do so I think yes I am a ride or die friend but if it's if it comes to a point where it's against my own value set if it's against my own belief if it's even against what I want to do then I'll say no I'm out oh wow that is a great distinction and you're right because there's a lot of 
coaching that we provide where we where we identify that you know I, I think I can say safely say I have a lot of clients who are empaths and there's a mm. dark edge to the empath right it is yeah. often because you've had to um, be an empath because you have to be so sensitive and aware of every slight inflection in a person's behavior because they were raised by a narcissist parent or something like that sort of hyper vigilant to other people's mm. needs and emotions and they're people pleasers so they they put yeah. their needs on the back seat and only to supply so yeah codependency narcissistic relationships yeah. so ride or die can be super dangerous i yeah. definitely get that yeah yeah just like so what anything. about you yeah yeah my ride or day friend where would you stand um i think not I think not. I, there's a lot of fickleness. I think that actually comes from, um, I think it comes from like being manipulated when I was younger. Uh, so freedom mm. and independence from manipulation is like a, a very central need of mine. Yeah. So I can often, I can be ride or die for a time, but that might've been me overextending myself and disrespecting mm. myself. And then all of a sudden there's a snapback, like, oh my God, you stepped over the yeah. edge. And then I cut people off uh because i've been manipulated <laughs> oh my gosh sarah this is a therapy session um so yeah so no i have a complicated relationship with this and i'm trying to build relationships that are mm. that are ride or die in a healthy sense where yeah i'm not having my boundaries compromised and it's a yeah. nice slow warm burn as a friendship yeah yeah i'm trying to build ride or die in a healthy way yeah, and it is, I think it is um, really helpful to have that kind of, that sense check, that balance that says, actually, have I gone a step too far? Because, you know, we can think, oh, just doing everything for everybody, kind of always being there for them, like, that's the way to be a good friend. But if it's coming at the expense of yourself, yeah. then that that's no good, that doesn't work, there needs to be balance. And I think you also need to have, um, you need to have give and take, you need to have you know, that reciprocity where you're given and somebody else is also given because mm. otherwise it's very, very one-sided it and that is. doesn't feel right. Right. I think you've kind of got to know that you're, that you're both going to be there for each other. Yes. And it's not a one-way street. Yes. Curiously, the way that I'm creating these is funny enough by Bumble BFF, which is the mm. dating app, which is where you can find besties. Um, I think there's only women on there. Um, uh, I've explored with some of the people I've met on here and we're like, yeah, I don't think guys meet each other in this way. But anyways, yeah. um, it's great because you get to form relationships where boundaries are part of the process, where you're sort of testing yes. the waters. Mm. You get to establish the ground rules off the jump as opposed to sort of falling into a friendship and then after the fact kind yeah. of clawing back and being like, well, actually, I've been putting up mm. with this behavior for three years, but I was like, totally a boundary violation. So that's actually yeah. really cool. I like that part. I want to become a ride or die friend by doing the following. I want to um, very much prune my friend list, mm. which I've already been doing, um, so that I have a small group of folks for whom I can actually pay the time that is needed and not yeah. over diversify, if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. And then I want to, I'm pretty good at like sort of maintaining, like if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to show up. Um, I People slip out of my mind uh, because mm. I, I've got so much stuff. So I want to stop doing that so I can actually intentionally remember people and reach out. Um, I want to be loyal so that if something happens where there's a conflict of interest, I take the right decision. I take yeah. the hard path. 
the right path and the but the hard path. Um, mm. So if that again means that um, there's a friend conflict and I have to, to sort of take a side, that I consistently take a side, that I don't try to play both sides just because mm. it's easier to not have to sort of disappoint or let somebody down. Yeah, I want to be able to, you know, not be a people pleaser and instead mm. be a you know a loyal uh, friend with ethics and morals. Yeah, that's ride or die for me. That's quite a declaration there. Yeah, it's a work in progress. <laughs> you can see how like, if by those metrics, I'm like, mm, there's a lot of times where I sold people out or thrown them under the yeah. bus or so forth. I've been a not ride or die. I've been a bad friend through the through the years, for sure. Well, I'm sure there were lots of other things going on as well. It's not yeah. always as black and white as that, is it? Yeah. It's not about, and it's not really that great to label ourselves as good or bad. Ah, oh, you're right. I'm you taking did off what my... You were. <laughs> Yeah, you did what you were doing at the time and there was lots of other things going on. And learning. We're just learning. That's how it is. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. We've got to develop. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Well, he has to becoming better friends whether we're ride or die or not. (laughs) And finding people who will ride or die for us. Yeah. Finding that good, good balance in friendships. Yeah. Interdependence. Nice relationships. Yeah. Yeah. You've got it. Well, cheers to that and our water and dry everything. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and a G&T in there. Come on. Just one. <laughs> so true. Oh, would you, um, would you like a question? Yes, please. Okay. So, today's question. I keep catching my husband on gay hookup sites and sexting other men. We've been married for a few months. He promised me there was nothing in it when I found out a while ago while we were dating. I feel so bad and I don't know what to do. Uh Aha, okay. All right. Lots here. I don't know either, love. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's a a lot. I think you'd be... Would you not be mortified? Is that not really... I mean, that's a big deal. So here's the thing. She says, I feel so bad. And I want to unpack that question. Mm. What is she, what? And I'll bet you that she feels so bad and it's not just one feeling. What kind of feelings are coming up for her, do you think? I think there's got to be something about the fact that she kind of, she found out about this while they were dating. She believed the promise that, that it wasn't anything. And now it's putting into question their relationship because obviously it's come back again. Whilst they are married, she thought she was getting into one relationship. She has found out actually she's in another and it's just not kind of where she thought she was going to be. Yep. And also, I mean, sorry, there's a, an implicit sort of, I, I want to make sort of an implicit uh, or explicit um, assumption here that th- this person asking the question is female and they're in a heterosexual relationship. If this were um, not, not the case, then it would be something different. But, but here's what, uh, if, if I'm interpreting this correctly, the question is regarding some question around a woman's husband's sexual orientation. Fair? I would say so. Yeah. From reading the question. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a a case of, um, monogamy or not. Oh, or, or, but you know, monogamy is also, it's sexual orientation. It's monogamy, certain assumptions made. Um, mm. I'm going to assume here that this person assumed that this person was um, attracted to solely attracted to females. So, so let's break down the assumptions. Is there there might also be a sense of crap? I did see this before we got married, but we did get mm. married anyways. 
And uh, so sometimes we look back and be like, ah, should we have maybe just put the pause button, you know, press the pause button and maybe stop to ask more questions. Sometimes we get swept up, especially if wedding plans are almost are done and dusted. Yeah. And it takes a lot of courage, doesn't it, to say kind of, hold on, we're putting the brakes on. We are having a bit of a break. We need to kind of just take some time out and consider the direction that we're going in Mm -hmm. because People do get, everybody gets caught up in the romance of a wedding and the planning and the pressure and the flowers and the meal and the, oh, all of it just kind of, yeah, like everything. And you've got the save the dates out there and it just all gets kind of too much. You've paid deposits and, and people often think like, because I've gone so far down the line, I can't, I can't just kind of pause or stop or take some time out, um, because I'm too far in. And that's never the case. We're never too far in anything to, to, you know, hit reverse and say, actually, it wasn't for me. Especially because, you know, we think we have this like really bizarre belief that we know somebody when we walk around the fire Mm. or down the aisle with each other. Yeah. Uh, It is a lifelong process of getting to know each other. And you can be blindsided by a revelation 20 years into marriage. So yes. Yes, you you don't indeed. know this person when you're getting married. You don't know them yeah. in, in their entirety. Yeah, and it's a it's a dynamic, ever changing sort of you know, yeah, it's a kinetic process. So mm. there's something very big about sexuality and sexual orientation that is coming up here. Yes, that needs more information because we mm. don't quite know each other. We've not yeah. asked the questions. This is an opportunity to start to look into what you were expecting in a partner and to start to ask questions about your partner. Yeah, but I think a lot of it, I do think, does start with you in terms of why, what is it that you that is really important to you? What is it that you want from this relationship? What is non-negotiables? Because I don't think we're great at setting non-negotiables in relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, we've just talked about it in kind of friendships and things that we may put up with that we don't want to or we do that maybe we didn't want to do like we're not really very good at saying actually no this is what I stand for and especially at the start of a the start of a marriage because it kind of feels like you've just begun and as you say you kind of feel like you knew what you were already getting so now this is different it feels really hard and I'm suddenly I can imagine they're feeling very confused about their place where they fit in what does this mean that they're partner's kind of feelings are towards them like there's all of that that's in the mix isn't there where you start to then doubt you yourself as a person as a human being right and you suddenly don't understand like when people do things that kind of you know pull the rug from underneath you we're not great because it's kind of we're just going to this discombobulated state where we can't even you can't even think straight because our own identity is shaken yeah. Yeah, your whole sense of reality has mm-hmm. just moved. It's like somebody's taken the globe and just turned you around and you've woke up in Australia instead of the yeah. UK. That is completely it, the disorientation. Yeah. yeah. You just go, hang on a minute, I don't even know how I got here. Yeah. 20 days ago, well, these yeah. lovely, you know, lovely newlyweds walking down the promenade hand in hand and now I'm in this situation. Well, to call it out though, I never coach somebody who can't look back and say there were, I knew. Like there were things that I chose to ignore, but I knew. I hoped they would go away. I hoped that my instinct was off. But you could genuinely say if you believed somebody, if you've had it out with somebody and they said, no, look, this is it. And you genuinely believe them, you've trusted them. Mm -hmm. Then 
that's not saying that you've ignored something. If you had a conversation about it and your partner has reassured you, that's it, it was a one-off. Um, you know, I definitely want to get married to you, I love you, committed to this relationship, then... So those are words, but the action. So what does this mean? So, yeah. you know, you have a woman who is, whose husband is surfing, like, gay porn sites and is texting other men and so forth. And it really points to like, that doesn't tend to be sort of just like a passing phase. It does tend to sort of speak to something that your partner is attracted to men in some way. Yeah. Some way doesn't mean to the exclusion of women just means that attracted to men. Um, and so how, what does that mean for you? Um, so then it sort of sheds the spotlight on the type of intimacy that you expect Mm. in your partnership, your orientation, your expectations. Um, so they may have assured you, but did you feel in any way that your partner's sexual attention was distracted in any way? Did you feel that, you know, what is that feeling that you get with your partner? Are they 100% sort of with you present or is there a sense of distraction or are you fulfilled? Let's just talk about your sexuality and your yeah. and the sex that you have with your partner. Are you 100% fulfilled and happy or are you like, mm, well... There is something a little off. And that's Yeah, I think well there's there's so much, isn't there, to consider, but I think ultimately there's it comes down to two things. Are you comfortable mm. that this could continue for the rest of your marriage yeah. and potentially lead to more? Or is that kind of is that a hard no for you? Yeah. In which case then you need to take some more serious drastic action. Yeah. There's so many potential manifestations, though, is that if you're like, look, marriage for me is really important for partnership, for building things like a family, children, assets, retirement, comfort. Um, You know, what if a person asking the question, um, what if they identify as asexual or somewhere on the spectrum where the sex part isn't as important to them, then then this may not be something that everybody's going to be different in terms of what they expect. Mm. But they're clearly they were expecting, she was expecting something else if she's written a question like that. That is true. So, you know, if it was kind of like, I'm not that bothered, I'm I'm, I'm cool with this, I'm down with it, yeah. you're not going to write in. Yeah, it's so true. You got it. You got it. I think the other thing too is that this is a person, so this partner is in denial. There is, his actions don't meet his words. So there's something yeah. going on there. And I, and I think it's important too that she might be like, look, whatever, whoever you are, I'd like to know who you are. But mm. I, I keep hearing one thing and then seeing another. Yeah. So yeah. maybe she's really, really upset because she's like, I just want to know who my, I just want to know you. I want you yeah. to be honest. I want to explore this with you. That That is a huge possibility. It's like, I'm not scared to discover what's under there. So let's go exploring. Yeah. And I have a feeling that, this husband is uh, in big amounts of denial and and hasn't explored yeah. the you know this for himself. Mm, yeah, I think neither of them have explored a lot really by the sounds of it, and they're in this relationship where they're together and they both kind of think it's going to be something different than it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd really be cautious about what you accept in this situation because it's all too easy to kind of say, "Yeah, I'm totally cool with this now," and. Um, you know, I'm I'm living in this modern age where I'm open to all these suggestions and ideas. But if that's not true to who you are, then that isn't going to stick around for long. I agree. I have a very big thought that this relationship, if both people are truly empowered, I do not think this relationship will continue because it is built on mm. a lie. Yeah. Right. Built on a lie. Yeah. Unlikely. 
if both people are acting out of power. If they're acting out of fear, like, well, we don't want to divorce. We're scared of divorce. We said we'd always yeah. remain together. Our community would not forgive us if we divorced. Yeah, yeah. Right? So there's all sorts of fear that can keep these two people together. But if we're talking about power and opportunity, it's likely Splitsville. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I I definitely took, yeah, because I think, think we're saying the same thing. We're saying the same thing. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. Because I think you might have been like, is Anna talking about just being like, yeah, man, I'm so open-minded. You do you. <laughs> like, no, nah, I don't think that's actually going to work out. Because <laughs> I'm a huge fan of people like, so, so my main mission in my coaching is for people's intimacy and what they desire to achieve and explore in their intimacy that they have like pretty much a wide open avenue to explore that. Like I, I really like people getting disentangled by other people's, ex, you know, expectations of them to be really go mm. out and explore. And so I don't like the thought of being trapped in a situation where you cannot be yourself or where your partner's not interested in you and you're interested in them and you wish that you could have this like thriving sex life and your partner's not into it like that. I, in my coaching, that just doesn't work for me. But exploration can't come at the expense of somebody else. So Uh we can't have kind of everything we want at the expense of somebody else's happiness. Oh, and the exploration I'm talking is actually flipping it. So if this is a woman writing in and her husband's Mm -hmm. sexual orientation is not aligned in the direction that works for her, it it stunts her growth. Like she's basically trapped in a... So yeah, no, I 100% agree. It -hmm. means that if she stays in a situation where her partner is not not optimally attracted to her as perhaps she deserves, right? Then she mm. can't go on her own sexual exploration with a partner because she's with somebody who's ultimately not attracted to her. That's not fair yeah. to her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Okay, I think this should just split up. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. I think we've decided. I do. And here's, here's what I would but say. have a chat first. Well, as a coach, <laughs> I'd be like, sell me on why you should continue. Yeah. I'm not, I, you'd have, the, yeah, the, the burden of proof is on, you tell me why this needs to go forward and, and not out of fear-based reasons. What's the opportunity? Yeah. yeah. If you can sell me on yeah. that, great. But otherwise. It yeah. ain't happening. Yeah. <laughs> I will say though, there's a lovely, lovely sort of spectrum of bisexuality, of like polyamory, of all sorts of things. Like there's really cool stuff out there where this might be somebody who is attracted to men attracted to women, attracted to non-binary folk, where there's a lot of opportunity. There's potentially a huge growth avenue if both people are kind of interested in similar growth. Yeah, but I think you said it earlier, the relationship's been built on a lie. Yes. Because you've gone into it in a completely different, you know, I've gone into it thinking I'm getting blue and I'm really getting turquoise. You've got it. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Blue and turquoise are quite similar. (laughs) Yes, but not the same. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, you've got it. You've got it. Yeah. So it just, it'd have to be such a heavy lift Mm. to be able to lift it out. You'd pretty much have to like bring the relationship. redesign the whole relationship. Bring it down to the studs. This is not like just rearranging the wallpaper. This is. No. Yeah. Demolishing the whole thing down. Yeah. Full renovation. Full renovation. You've got it. Yeah. I don't think she sounds like she's up for that. Ah. Well, possibly, but again, the question would be like, and why would you do that and not say thank you, but no thanks, and I'm off to spend some time alone and welcome in a relationship that works for me, right? Is the fear of being single for a while, is that holding you back? Yeah, Mm -hmm. most probably. Yeah, well, I know that. I know that feeling. Oh, that's a a nice thing to coach around. But yeah, in this situation, we coach the uh, partner calling in. 
Um, yeah. It's ultimately their decision as to whether they want to, because the other person is obviously wanting to tolerate because it kind of works for them. They kind of get to yeah. stay in denial and live a certain life that looks a certain way from the outside. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This person has a lot of, a lot of heavy lifting ahead of them. Mm. A lot of decision making. Best of luck. Yeah. Yeah. Well. All right. Hot, hot, hot indeed this week. I think it must be the 32 <laughs> degrees in Jersey. As oh, Sarah wipes the sweat off her brow. Honestly. Oh my god. I don't really sweat very often, but I, I'm just, I feel like my whole body just feels like it just wants to melt. Yeah. Yeah. You just feel really lethargic, don't you, as well? It's oh. kind of like, you just have to move really slowly to conserve energy. <laughs> You've got it. All I do is drink water. It's just, yeah. I mean, it is unfathomable that you have 32 degrees and you don't have an air conditioner or even a fan. It is. And what's worse, I've had to close all the doors whilst I'm recording the podcast. Oh my gosh, I just want to say this is my, this is my dedication to the cause. Oh, Sarah, you're putting yourself in a sauna (laughs) I'm literally sat in a sauna box right now. (laughs) Gosh. Okay. So listen, thank you so much because you're right. The seagull, the seagull noise we had to like, uh, man. Okay, yeah, it is. Yeah, the seagulls would be in here and wanted to join the podcast. Oh my gosh, you've got it. <laughs> we did have, um, we did make the most of the lovely, beautiful Jersey weather this weekend, though, and went and had um, lovely Thai outside, right by the beach oh, on the weekend. Beautiful. So that was very, very nice. Oh, gorgeous, lovely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the days of summer. So making the most of the lovely. outdoor living. Beautiful. Well, I hope you can just. You know, we we will stop this podcast. You're going to get fling the doors open. Take as many clothes off as you can. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just surprised that Jersey isn't going to become one large nude beach for the next week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure Jersey could cope with that. (laughs) Temporarily suspending orders on on the um, It would be on the front of the local press. Can you imagine? Clothing (laughs) optional. Within a heartbeat, I tell you. The entire country becomes clothing optional for a week. I did see something about some nude cyclists. I didn't read, I didn't click on the link to read the story who um, who apparently were attacked by some road rage of somebody else because two uh, nude, nude people on a um, tandem cycling together. I'm not even sure that's legal. But anyway, I didn't click on the story. I didn't have time oh. to read it. But I was kind of like, eh, what? I wish I had time to read that story. That's so funny. <laughs> They do have, and they had here in Toronto, like maybe a month or so ago, is like a nude cycle in favor of like uh, awareness of uh, dangers to cyclists from from uh, vehicles and sort of petitioning for sort of more car free. Um, so yeah, right. and I think that if there's like an organized rally, then I guess you can kind of cycle naked, but so long as you don't stay naked after the cycle. So and it goes around the world. Yeah, yeah, nude okay. cycles. All right. Well. If I can find the story, I will search it. I'll let you know. Oh, lovely. I'll keep you posted. You keep me posted from the news desk. Excellent. All right, Sarah. Thank you for your diligence and sacrifice. Yes, yes, you're very welcome. Here's to where hotter, cooler, whatever (laughs) weather you want to come your way this week. Yeah, there you go. In your case, may there be ice cubes on your brow within a minute. Yeah, you've got it. All righty. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? 
promise we'll try harder next time.